What's up, everybody? My name is Josh Biddick, and I am a Kinda Funny best friend. Right now, Kinda Funny is doing their up-and-comer opportunity once again, where you best friends get to vote on someone in the community you think deserves a shot to work with the Kinda Funny crew for one week and gain a wealth of experience. We have an amazingly talented community with tons of people campaigning to be this year's up-and-comer. I wanted to sit down with them, get to know them a bit better, and share their stories. That way you feel more comfortable when making your vote for the next up-and-comer. Right now, I have one such candidate with amazingly beautiful locks of hair. Oh my goodness. Fantastic editing skills. What? Here and far. He is one. He is the only Matt S. Batson. Matt, how the hell you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great, all things considered. Uh, you know, yeah, just, right. Just love it. <laughs> we won't talk about anything. You know, going it's the end of outside. the world that you're doing as best you can. Yeah, forget about that. Forget about that. But yeah, I'm doing great. How about you, Josh? I'm doing well, man. I am. Uh, I'm making the best of this uh, new world we live in. You know right, what I mean? Right. Take every there's, day a step at a time. And there's silver. Yeah. <laughs> Edit that part <laughs> out. There's silver oh, yeah, linings everywhere. You know what? That's, exactly. I, I stumbled last time just once uh, that we recorded this, so I deleted my whole audio track, and that's why we're doing it again. So I'll exactly do that again this time. I'll hit you only up. perfection with yeah. Matt S. Batson. That, yeah. that, that's the thing. You only get perfection on the second take. Right. <laughs> Two take Matt, what they call me. There, there you go. I worked with a guy. He we called him Six Take Dave because oh, yeah. it would take him six takes to get through anything. <laughs> well, Matt. Funny. For those of us who, uh, if they don't know you, if they haven't seen your work out there, if they haven't heard that you produce shows on Kind of Funny, uh, who are you? Uh, well, I'm Matt Batson. Uh, I am an editor, film guy uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. I work for Atlanta Eats, which is a local Emmy Award winning. Uh, I always like to throw that out there. It's a well, local course, Emmy, it's the most but you part. know, yeah, got to throw that out there. Uh, but yeah, I work, I work for Atlanta Eats. Uh, we're like a local food and travel show. Um I've been here for over a year doing that. Uh, before that, I was at Kennesaw State, just a, you know, like a film student kind of dude. And so that's why I am, film student kind of dude, loves food, lives in Atlanta, loves kind of funny, loves making cool shit. There you go. I was just say encapsulates, I think, what most best friends are there at the right. Court, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all live in so Atlanta. That- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everyone lives in Atlanta. It's it's yeah. actually a really big it's secret. Great. Atlanta's taken over in, right. in the Corona world. <laughs> uh, so Matt, a little bit of your history. So I know you said you you started doing some film stuff in college. Right now, you're doing the editing job. Mm-hmm. What was a bit of the the transition there? Because I feel like a lot of times, a lot of times we see people like Greg Miller. You know, he went to school for journalism and then mm-hmm. kind of got the jobs. Or, you know, certain other people where they just kind of started doing content creation. And I feel like getting a little bit of background on that, seeing that growth kind of, kind of you know, helps people feel like they can do it themselves. So where, where did you yeah, start for in the sure. content creation world? So I started, without knowing it, I started in high school as in like a, like a really dumb broadcast and video production class. <laughs> and it was, it was just like a fun, like hobby, like a fun thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Never wanted a career out of it or even thought of a career out of it. Um, I went to Kennesaw State and, you know, I was obsessed with IGN, obsessed with Mm -hmm. uh, Podcast Beyond. I wanted to be just like Greg Miller, Uh, was going to study journalism, do that whole thing uh, and write for IGN. That was the dream. And, you know, somewhere along the way, it was like, you know, this journalism thing isn't for me. (laughs) It was just (laughs) like, I don't like writing news stories. And I guess Mm -hmm. a lot of it is writing news stories. Uh, and so I, I kind of got pulled into the 
uh, video production world because it was hitting Atlanta hard. It was hitting Kennesaw State hard. Of course. Uh, yeah, so I started taking a lot of classes, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, awesome. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it just kind of all started there, started in school. Now, do you feel like seeing the world of like film and things like that, did that become a new focus for IGN, knowing that there was the film side, or is it like, did it open up a new door of like movies and TV and all sorts of stuff? So the goal for me, and it was, it was the weirdest thing to be the kid in a film class where everyone's like, oh, I want to be a director. I want to be, you know, a production designer. I want to be, mm. you know, all these things. And I'm like, I want to be a producer editor at IGN. <laughs> and it's like, everyone's <laughs> like, what is, what is that? That's such a weird goal. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was still, because, because IGN and then now kind of funny, they're not necessarily uh, about the job itself, but the right. workplace and the people. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, that, that absolutely was, when I switched to video production, I was like, no, I still, I still want to, you know, work with Greg Miller someday. Do you think that versatility of both the job and, and the work itself? Cause I, if people don't know, I think, and you can attest to this, I'm sure production is super, it, it flows, right? Like mm-hmm. you may be on set to be an actor or, well, not an actor, I guess in college, <laughs> right? In college, yes, actors for sure. might work the boom mic, but yeah. like, if you go into a shoot, you're, everything is going to change. Like you may have the script, you have all the pre-production yes. done, but it doesn't mean it's going to move slowly. Do you think that kind of, I don't know, attracts you to the game journalism, games media kind of uh, work style? Um, I guess define like the games media work style. You, are you talking so, about just like, well, no, no. Okay. I totally get what you mean. Cause yeah, in that, okay. in that small, sorry, sorry for no, like, fine. yeah. Uh, but no, cause so with like that smaller kind of, production it is like a more dynamic set and that's how it is Mm -hmm. with you know how you're talking about yeah the IGNs and the kind of funnies and those media companies where it's like you're not a specific job you're kind of a jack of all trades Mm -hmm. and and yeah that is absolutely something that has kind of been I don't know I I'm really ADD person I like to do a lot of things I like to have a lot of hands and a lot of baskets so yeah I've always wanted to I've always wanted to be I've always been always prided myself on being a jack of all trades so yeah Mm -hmm. I think that definitely lends itself to that kind of you know the the games journalism games media uh, production style of course now one thing I've always wondered like I I've also tried to aim to be a jack of all trades right because I feel like especially in in a games media field you're versatile you can be put anywhere Mm -hmm. do you how do you feel about the jack of all trades master of none? Like I know a lot of the times when I was doing film production stuff, they're like, Oh, well you need to be like the best director or the best cinematographer. If you do everything, you're not going to be good at anything. Right. And you know, I feel like I'm a master of none for sure. Uh, <laughs> and my black belt in none, but, uh, but no, I, you know, I, I see that, but I think like right now, at least in my own experience, you'll kind of, learn that you'll be pulled in specific directions like no one's gonna let you be a master of none like they're going to you know it's it's like whether it's your boss or yourself uh trying to meet the requirements of whatever project you're gonna do mm-hmm. you have to sculpt yourself to even if it's you know just for like learning everything about a camera for like one weekend like you're still gonna do it um right so yeah i i think it's it's less like less like a, a skill tree where you have all your skills spread out, but more like your skills are constantly improving and regressing just like dynamically 
uh, like whichever on. one's important is the one that shows exactly. the most. Yeah, you're you're constantly respecting that skill tree, <laughs> putting them in where you need them for for whatever mission you go. Video games. <laughs> so, as someone who's got like the professional training, the degree, uh, have you ever felt like there's been uh, a negative look on the Joe Schmo who just starts to do content creation, the guy who turns on a webcam and starts talking? Uh, do, you, do you feel like there's that needed professionalism? No, not at all. Especially not in in the the day and age of an of the internet where you mm. know you'll you'll come across so many like hilarious videos on Twitter, and then like at the very end of it, as someone is you see a swipe up and then a pause on a uh, screen record like from mm. an iPhone. And you're like that's yeah, yeah, take yeah. five seconds to just edit it out, but it doesn't matter. Like the for for internet media, it's there's just kind of an expectation there where you're just like as long as I'm enjoying it, like it, it doesn't have to be, you know, polished. But then Mm -hmm. again, like there is something to that polish that, uh, you know, I think takes things up a notch or like, right. I don't know. Other people can appreciate, but I don't think it's necessary. I think you can, you just do videos, webcam, iPhone Mm -hmm. audio, and, and you're good. Do you think the polish ever hinders you at all? I know from my personal experience, there was a lot of time where, I was so used to working with top-notch equipment because of school and having a team of people that when it came to doing it on my own or because it wasn't perfect and I knew how to make it perfect, but I couldn't right. with the tool set, I was deterred. Have you run into that at all? Well, I, I, I totally get what you're saying because like right now, because of Atlanta Eats, I have those resources that I can add that layer of polish to you know mm-hmm. any of these projects that I'm putting out like like for the up and comer campaign or anything like that. Right. And if I didn't have it, I, f- I don't know that it would necessarily be a quality thing. I think mm. it's kind of like how you're saying, like you're making a, a turd or, or whatever. It's, it's more of a <laughs> self-conscious thing. You're just like, I know that this can be better, but I don't know. I like, but when it's not myself, if I see somebody else making a video, that's not such a high level polish. Like I still appreciate it. So oh, of course I, it's definitely just like a self-conscious thing. Yeah, that mental hurdle you got to kind of get over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I get you. Well, so you've talked about it, Lynn Eats, a little bit. Do you want to kind of explain how you stumbled upon that little gem? Yes. And the it was Emmy Award winning gem. <laughs> right. It was absolutely a stumble and a, a gem. Um, I was, I had struck out for like a few semesters on some Turner uh, internships here in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, Turner's really big. Like, missed, got to the highest level of adult swim internship Mm -hmm. level and then and then just you know messed up that last interview because i think i didn't like the uh, executive producer's show (laughs) yeah but that's fine that's fine you know no no, you know adult swim you win some you lose some you learn exactly Uh, it all worked out for the best for sure um Mm -hmm. eleni's got me and adult swim got someone else who's better than me probably so there you go or honestly they're garbage and and they're just making fired immediately yeah exactly Um, they're like oh we should have hired matt but eleni it's got a damn (laughs) And so, so yeah, I missed out on all those internships I applied for heading into uh, my last semester of college. And so I was just kind of scrambling to find an internship. It wasn't necessary, but uh, as someone who had done internships prior to that, I, I really valued them. Uh, paid internships. Unpaid is, is fine, like as long as you know what you're getting. But like a lot of times you can be taken advantage of and that's not cool. Of course. Um, so yeah, paid internships, totally appreciate them. And I knew that I needed one because if you're about to graduate, little cheat code, you're about to graduate, you you have an internship and they like you and they know you're about to graduate. 
it's there's a ups your chances just a little bit right um and so it was just like a just like a internship uh board i guess i don't know i can't mm. i can't words escape me um they're internship boards they're all <laughs> ranking and interviewing everyone i, I get you exactly and elaney's popped up on there and i was like i don't really know what this is you know googled them and watched a few videos i was like oh this is pretty cool i like mm. food i live in atlanta uh <laughs> and this is match made in what heaven. i want to do yeah exactly um and it was it was really cool it was funny my interview went really well but mm. it also helped and they told me this like you know months after they were like you're the only one who showed up that day. <laughs> like we had five interviews <laughs> and you were the only intern hired because they did no one else showed up and i was like that is hilarious there you uh, go it was meant to be it was meant to be and uh but but yeah so i i applied um had it you know that interview got hired for the internship still didn't really know who they were but it was it's one of those shows that like my dad and like a lot of other people's dads and moms are like yeah. oh atlantis i love that show i'm like never heard of it but you know that's me now i'm on the credits and uh and and yeah from there it was like five or six months and then uh i got hired for to to be a full-time editor and uh camera assistant camera operator type of dude that's awesome yeah like we talked about jack of all trades doing yeah all exactly different things. The, and that's what like what i really appreciated is that they hired me as that um mm -hmm. just kind of knowing that you know i'm still super young and super green and uh that i could be molded to right. whatever they needed um and and yeah that's exactly how it's worked out and i think it's worked out for for both me and the company that's fantastic do, yeah. do you think your experience has changed like from the internship to the position or is it just kind of like you're doing the same thing but now you're like officially a member no it's it's absolutely changed and because it it's all about the projects the level of projects that they gave me like i remember some of those first projects is like <laughs> like we never aired the first project i ever worked on it was for right. my boss's youtube channel <laughs> and, okay. and i didn't i didn't know that i was like oh this is weird and then uh you know i would get stuff that was like short like 10 15 second sizzles for like smaller clients and mm. now i build the show every week so wow. like our show that airs yeah on the weekend so it it's definitely changed a lot um on set i was a production assistant which was mostly mostly uh grip work like helping with lighting and, and stands mm. and all that and now i'm the the bcam uh operator so yeah there's been a, a lot of changes and it wasn't like all immediately when i got hired it was still mm -hmm. very dynamic like as they as they know, as they learned that I had learned and that I had grown, right. they were like, okay, he's ready for these opportunities. So they felt like they could trust you and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. So has that experience like made you more confident in going for a place like IGN or is it something where you're realizing it's a lot bigger and you really want to learn and kind of continue to grow? Um, it, it's definitely made me more realized, made me more realized. Uh, <laughs> words escape me. That's my new catchphrase. Um, there you go putting on but, a t-shirt exactly but like for example in my last semester we had a class and in that class they were like look up like 10 years from now dream job like five years from now dream job and stuff like that and in one of those was uh, a job listing for like an IGN like producer editor type of role uh, like an associate producer editor and mm -hmm. like looking at the requirements for that I was like the, like actually knowing what they're looking for like what they're talking about in their requirements at at that point as a senior in college i was like this is like super achievable like i can 
meet these like next mm-hmm. year <laughs> and yeah. uh so yeah it, it totally totally was a thing of like yeah this this could be real growth do you think it's changed the look at what you want to do outcome wise like like 10 years ago working for a company like kind of funny wasn't a thing not because kind of funny didn't right. exist but because there were people doing that like mm-hmm. are you kind of seeing things now with maybe like i don't know like vr and things like that thinking oh what what i'm going to do production wise like with the right. digital sets there's going to be a new thing in 5 years that you want to do yeah that not necessarily like learning about like the futures in technology and and going for something like vr or or like i said futures of technology but there mm-hmm. definitely was a thing of uh in some of my more hands-on film classes i was like you know forget about forget this ign games journalism thing like i'm just gonna join the union i'm just gonna be a a grip here in atlanta Mm. uh and and do the whole the whole freelance thing but um you know like it's it I, i would still be interested in doing something like that but it's i don't know it's just kind of like learning from the people who you work with uh, mm. and their experiences, or not even the people that you work with, but people in the industries that you're thinking about joining or the, the jobs you're thinking about doing, just hearing from them and hearing their perspective really like kind of changed things. And so I kind of backpedaled on that a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's still like something like IGN or Kind of Funny is similar to what I do at Atlanta Eats, and I really enjoy it. So that's kind of what made me go back back on course mm. was that like, this full-time like office loving the people you work with and just being with them every day like that's what i enjoy out of this work just as much as the video production aspect i totally get that and having that place where you thrive where everyone kind of is complimentary and benefits you is is that where you're able to kind of feel comfortable enough to go out with the idea of food wars for example where you're able to use that to really build and kind of work towards your goal of ign or kind of funny yeah, for sure. And that, again, that's like talking about the the people around me and the relationships like that wouldn't happen without OJ, my my co-host for, mm-hmm. for Lunch Wars, because it it's it first off it was really his idea. Like he was constantly he just loves Fortnite. He's obsessed with Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, well, for, for anyone who doesn't know, what what is it? So it is a show that we do on Atlanta Eats on their YouTube channel. They would not actually let us air this on television, uh, which is it's for the best. It's too but highbrow. It's too highbrow. They just wouldn't get it. Um, everyone's dad's watching at home they wouldn't get it but uh (laughs) but we do it on atlanta's youtube channel and it's me and it's oj and we play fortnite and he's actually really good at fortnite now i'm still horrible at fortnite i I never play i just play it with him and uh so we do ridiculous kind of like challenges and stuff uh so like one of my favorite episodes we have to see who can eat more chicken wings while playing the game at the same time uh and and, and so, yeah, it's, it's like combining food, the local restaurants uh, with kind of like the comedy and humor that we have and, and just shoehorning video games in there uh, because mm-hmm. that's something that we love to do. Um, and so, yeah, that's that was absolutely because of him and our bosses, like knowing us and appreciating us and us kind of knowing that we have that. Um, I don't want to say leeway, but like kind of benefit of the doubt where we're telling our bosses, Hey, we want to do this Fortnite thing. And they're like, you know, I don't really know anything about video games, mm-hmm. but, but go for it. So yeah, it was absolutely because of that, that team and that community that we have at Atlanta Eats. 
So what was it like coming to the table with that pitch? Was it more like, hey, guys, we want to do this thing? Or like, all right, mm -hmm. here's the, the metrics we've got. We want to do this show. It's going to be X long. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the production time. Here's the equipment we need. Right. Um, it, it really wasn't. We never got a, a pitch for it. It was just constantly like a slow badgering uh, <laughs> week after week. We're just like, hey, like, what if we did? What if we played Fortnite? And they're like, no, you can't play Fortnite. It's like next week what if we played Fortnite, but we had food? And they're like, no. So it's just constantly an evolving idea every weekend. And then, yeah, it was it was like, you know, one of the biggest sellers for them was was Twitch. We're like, hey, we can Twitch stream it. Atlanta isn't on Twitch at all. That's a new, mm -hmm. uh, you know, platform to put our brand on. And the funny thing is, after the first uh, episode, we stopped Twitch streaming because it like <laughs> our our computers just couldn't handle it. Like between like the game recording. capture and stream, it, exactly, everything. yeah, yeah. And so we were just like, yeah, forget about all that, <laughs> and not just <laughs> a YouTube show. So so yeah, it, it was like the appeal and like the numbers we would throw at them for Twitch, and then and then also just the the slow uh, <laughs> the slow just pestering them about it every week. Yeah, so that, that general picking away at the scab until finally you kind of break through. Right, yes. It's a gross way of looking at it, but <laughs> but very effective. It is what it is. Yeah. So Everybody likes taking out of good scab. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. just that, that sense of like, uh, like you know you're not supposed to do it, but you do it anyway. Right. It's almost exactly. forbidden, and then it feels so good when you do, and then <laughs> the, the, the general regret when you feel the pain and see the scar. Right, afterwards, and you're like, oh. It's like, what was I thinking? Only so do you plan on using the show as a way to kind of continue to grow because because it, it's a side project right like right and it do, how do you blend it in with your everyday work for months well that's okay. that's the thing we've gotten in trouble for it before uh where okay. it was a really busy day but we had already like made the the takeout orders and everything and mm -hmm. our our boss walks by and he's like what are you guys doing <laughs> and we're like we have this, like, we were supposed to do this today. He's like, I didn't know anything about that. And so we got, we, we've gotten in trouble for it before. Um, mm. So it, it is a thing that we don't always get to integrate it into right. our everyday work schedule. Sometimes it is, we stay after hours and record it or we mm. come in over the weekends and do it. Uh, and it's just super fun. So it, it doesn't feel like work, but then the editing part, like we do do that on, uh, on the clock and, it's just something that our bosses make time for us for. Like they have to, right. yeah, make sure that we're not super busy with anything else because literally everything else takes priority over lunch hours. Of course, right. Because, um, yeah, but but yeah, it's still just awesome that we get to do it. It has been on hold for uh, a few months. Mm -hmm. um, we have two recorded, one finished. Uh, I'm editing the second one, uh, but I don't know when that'll be. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it, it it's gotten put on hold, but it's still something that we're super passionate about and that our bosses still support us on. But yeah, it's, it's obviously one of those things is like real work takes priority. Understandable. That makes sense. I mean, plus like they're giving you the opportunity. So there's that, that give and take and the respect there that, hey, like I understand the show is a top priority mm -hmm. and this is my side project. Right. It, it has been one of those things though where <laughs> we're like, you know, given, given the current situation and stuff, uh, obviously like, uh businesses aren't doing super well and and right. especially the restaurant industry so we're as atlanta eats we're kind of rallying behind the, the restaurant industry and helping support them through fundraisers and other things um mm. but it's it's like affected our show too where restaurants oh, are like we kind of don't want to be on the show because 
because we're not open and stuff like that, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and, and so like me and OJ would always talk about, we're like, what if this is Lunch Wars chance and we take off yeah. now? We're the only Atlantean's product still going. And then we save the go. company and then we're, <laughs> we save all the companies <laughs> in Atlanta. You highlight and, all the takeout places. Exactly. So everyone start going to all the takeout. It boosts revenue. It keeps yeah. them going throughout this economic <laughs> downfall. Yeah. But still still just a dream. So how, I mean, you touched on a little bit. How has the, the COVID epidemic affected the show and your workflow? It's It's been super weird. Um, so we, we've been doing a lot of reruns, uh, working mm-hmm. on smaller projects and kind of pivoting more towards social media than our, our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, like I was kind of mentioning the fundraiser, we did team up with Giving Kitchen, which is a local uh, organization who helps uh, like distribute funds to uh, workers in the food industry here mm-hmm. in Atlanta uh, and, you know, who've been affected by uh, right. coronavirus. So, yeah, a lot of the focus of the company has been on that, uh, which has been a super awesome project. I think yesterday was the last day we raised over uh, $20,000. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it super cool. And then uh, apart from that, it's just kind of more smaller uh, social media stuff that's just kind of like, you know, right now everyone just needs, you know, pick-me-ups and just like fun, you know, mm-hmm. escapes from what's going on right now. So that's kind of been what the projects are. Uh, today, however, was the first day that I started working on a new episode uh, that'll be <laughs> the, f- the first one since everything's been going on, mm-hmm. um, which is, is exciting that, yeah, some, some of these restaurants that we have in this one are, you know, we've talked to all of them and they're, they're specifically doing takeout and, and pickups and everything. And so, you know, it's still kind of a normal episode. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. really know other than the messages in between that are just kind of right. help and supportive. But but yeah, it's definitely been super weird. It, it affects, you know, the restaurant community more than it affects us uh, of course. since we're so reliant on them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's been very weird is the word for it. So have you been in a primarily work from home uh, scenario since the shutdown and everything? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, like before, well, also like Georgia was one of the last states to go into shelter and home, which is really dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't get into yeah. that. <laughs> um, I understand. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But uh, so there there was like a good little while where when stuff started going down, Elaine Yates was very, you know, ahead of it, just saying like, hey, like you guys can absolutely work from home. Um, mm. As editors, we didn't because we were like, well, if everyone's gone anyways, our machines are at the office. We don't have that kind of, you know, firepower at home. And we work off of a server too. So okay. So it was like, we can't work from home. Um, and then shelter in place happens for Atlanta first before uh, before Georgia. And mm-hmm. so it was like, okay, we, we got to do this. And <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty funny. I just kind of stole <laughs> my work computer and took it home. Uh, they were go. like, they're like, don't do that just yet. Like, like OJ was like, can I take my uh, work computer home? And they're like, yes, but just hold on a second. And I, I just took that as like, yep, I'm taking mine too. And as <laughs> soon as I got home, I saw the Slack message. It was like, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, right. It was, it, was, it was a forgiveness over permission for sure. Right. Uh, 
And you're so, doing it for the company. You wanted to do, you want to be the best employee you could be. Exactly. Exactly. And, and honestly, I couldn't have seen it working out using this, this laptop to, right. to do what I do. So it would have come to that eventually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's been working from home the whole time, uh, which is, it's super weird. It has its ups and downs. Like I, mm. I find myself, you know, <laughs> breaks are good for me. But then right. they kind of went off the rails uh, on Friday, and yesterday was Monday. Uh, <laughs> where keep track. yeah, where I'm like, you know, staying up really late to work on something because I took too many breaks during the day, which like ruins mm-hmm. my sleep cycle. And yep. then today I'm just super tired and I don't want to work at all, and then <laughs> I'll be working late again. So, you know, that's going on. But but as far as like what we're still turning out, it's still still kind of normal it's just mm. weird not being in the office that i'm i'm used to and seeing the people every day that i'm used to for sure yeah. you think and you, and you kind of touched on it a bit but would you say that being at home has really affected your your productivity in a way because it just kind of changes i mean not only changes the workflow yeah. because you're not able to access everyone as well but just because being at home it's just so hard to stay focused yeah for sure and and like one of the things too was my primary project working from home was just this one really big project. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you get burnt out, like at the office, like I kind of just go in and talk to a coworker, come back. But here, right. like I get burnt out working on this thing, you know, for a whole week. And I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do Like I'm going to play Persona 5 role <laughs> for like 12 hours. How about I do that as a yeah <laughs> as an escape? Um, well, in your defense, Persona 5, especially Royal, like I haven't played Royal, but I played a hell of Persona 5. Right. It's not a game you can play in short bursts. It's you, not. You gotta really it's not give at it all. the time it deserves. You do, which is 12 hours at a time. Of course. Uh, every it's time. the only way to play the it's game. It's the only way to play the game. They actually won't let you save if you nope. play even 11 hours. It has to be 12. Yeah, if you stop the, the um, Morgana. Thieves of Hearts actually oh, come in yeah, and they, like, come, they steal your heart. And yeah, they're in like, real what life. The hell are you thinking of? And you're like, oh shit, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it's, it's traumatic. It's happened to me a few it times. It is. It happened to me for the first way I started playing. I was like, "Oh man, this isn't a game I can just like hit and quit. All I gotta, right. I gotta make some time for you it." Gotta be committed. That's what happened? Yeah. 120 hours later. There you go. I, I was. I had a nice conclusion to the story. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So, it's it's affected my pro- productivity in a very weird way. Like I I'm still getting everything done. I'm not getting yelled at, which is mm-hmm. uh, always a good <laughs> sign. Good. But but yeah, it's it's definitely been like. I don't want my boss to know <laughs> that how late I just stayed up. My, OJ, my coworker, he got in trouble for it because, you know, we're we're constantly uploading things to this website called Frame, which is mm-hmm. uh, like a review site. Like our bosses have logins, and they get to see like what we're working on, what we uploaded, right? And they get to approve it, and we upload different versions. And he uploaded something at like 4:50 a.m. and they're like, OJ, you okay, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's, they're like, you, you uploaded that at 4.50 a.m. And he's like, oh, did I? <laughs> and they're like, and there's 10 minutes of just a black screen. <laughs> oh, and, and, and in his defense, he he has two young kids. Like his okay. son was like keeping him up like really late at night, just constantly waking up. So yeah. me, it's, you know, it's Morgana uh, waking right. me up. <laughs> Almost like a child. Almost you know like I mean? a child, you know, about the same size, same voice. Um and so so yeah it's that's that's how that's going <laughs> yeah do you think 
I mean, could you look at it a way that this is just yet another tool in your toolbox? Like you're able to work from home or could you look at this as doing kind That's of remote true. work for other companies out, out there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it has been because like the first week, the first week was great. Like I was killing it on this whole work from home thing. And, you know, the downfall has definitely been has been video games. It's been this this murderous row of Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal and Persona 5 Royal. That kind of right. ruined me. Uh, so maybe if Animal Crossing is a job me, in and of itself. That's it's so true. It's so true. And and you know, I, I think you you had mentioned something about this, but my girlfriend has totally hijacked my Switch, uh, and so like you get those withdrawals too. Yep. Right? You're showing up, you know, outside Nook's cranny at, at you know three in the morning. They're not open, and you're just pounding on the door trying to get in, but. You know, do that, I take the loss and put the shit in the in the box? Right, or exactly. Put all my fish right next door and be like, "Fuckers, you're gonna wait." You're you're waiting for me. I'm showing up tomorrow morning, bright and early. I'm camping. Um, I'm, I'm moving my tent right here. <laughs> right here. But uh, yeah. So before that, it it I was doing really well, being productive, working from home, and it was a thing of yeah, like maybe you know, I don't know. I'm always kind of anticipating what my career could be someday and i was like yeah like maybe i could be a freelance editor it's never something i'd mm. considered before but i was like this that's right. exactly what i'm doing right now gotcha. um, so so yeah it, it it definitely was another kind of skill that's like hey you can you can do this you can work on your own but mm. lately not so much i mean still right. getting it done but <laughs> but not great for my health yeah <laughs> do you think so i was gonna ask before like do you find it being creative and working in video production as a as a career that when you get home it's harder to to make content just because like that's what you spent all day doing you kind of want to escape at home? It really depends. So I'd say no, like it hasn't been hard for me. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite where I don't want to do regular work because I want to pursue right. <laughs> the the creative stuff. I feel that. Yeah. Um and so like maybe maybe like I like conceptually it, it hurts where i'm like i don't want to think of anything but if i have a project in mind i i, I feel i'm still productive when i'm multitasking between alien eats and making you know dumb internet videos i always wonder like people who are working the nine to five and they do content creation that's their escape right but mm -hmm. for you like the content creation is your job so does it feel like an escape or does it kind of still feel like work? Yes, totally brain blasted during that. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and nothing sexual about a brain blast. Just want to throw that out there. It's just a very... Like Jimmy Neutron. Like, yeah, oh, Jimmy so Neutron. Think... Exactly. The sexual part of his brain had not unlocked it. It, had, it, was yeah, it's, it was locked up. It had not unlocked like, it. Right. On that one island. You're like, whoa, I'm hitting adults. And you're like, yeah. whoa, this, I'm a, this is weird. I right. don't know what to do. Yeah, this is before that episode. So, so we're safe exactly. here. Uh, but but yeah so so like a lot of the tasks i do at atlanta eats is kind of down to like a math or a science and okay. you know going through spreadsheets and kind of managing my files and stuff like that um there are creative projects and but i i think like it's so well balanced at atlanta eats that i can kind of balance it with uh, other content creation too where like if i'm mostly focused on you know that kind of uh more consistent i guess scientific and mathematical is how i just described mm -hmm. it that kind of work i can balance it while i'm doing that stuff i'm still uh my creative brain uh boys in my head are still active enough to to do the dumb internet stuff okay so, so it kind of comes to a thing where like yeah you are creative or you are creating at work all the time but yeah. because it's not it's not your 
sole project exactly. of your idea, it still yeah. has that effect at home. You said it better than me. All right. Well, so, so we've talked about a lot about where you've come from, from content creation, yeah. your work and your professionalism. And I know we touched on a little bit earlier that like you kind of saw Greg with IGN and Podcast Beyond and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so obviously you've been kind of a fan from kind of funny to be from the beginning. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, you know, it's, it's the way a lot of us got into it. I know you're, you're more the rooster teeth side of things, mm-hmm. but well, even still like you knew him from IGN, but, uh, but yeah, it, I was a fan of podcast beyond, uh, found him through a Panda Musk animated video. Uh, that dude's incredibly talented. Those cyberpunk so posters cool. are insane. Oh my God. Those posters, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Uh, and the hidden, the hidden kind of funny in the background too. When he said that, I was just like constantly just pouring back through those posters. Anyways, he was animating uh, them doing pitches of characters for PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Mm. Uh, and I'll, I, I still go back and watch the video. It's hilarious. It's uh, they're talking about. I think it's Ryan Clements is pitching Ethan Mars from Heavy Rain. Uh, it's a hilarious video. Go and watch it. They talk about his super being like the screen going black and every mm-hmm. all the characters are dead and then like he's just holding an origami and then his face just looks so stupid um so yeah I, I was a fan from that and from from then on so yeah i listened to podcast beyond uh was never super active like I, as just a listener never wrote into the show never felt mm-hmm. connected to that community until they started kind of funny um mm-hmm. and, and so yeah when they did that like that was a, another thing i remember was I maybe I I don't know what time they would have announced they would have announced it but I just remember on the east coast I probably slept in so much that I remember waking up and seeing the news that they left IGN and just like telling my girlfriend just like oh my god Greg and Colin and Nick and Tim are leaving IGN and they're starting their own and she's like I don't know anything you're talking about (laughs) you never yeah exactly um and so yeah it it was such a big deal that they're making this risk and making it about the personalities that I fell in love with that I felt so much more attached to it. And it's been that way ever since. So do you think because it was those four guys at the start specifically, there was more um, personal connection because, you know, Greg and Colin, like they were, they were just unabashedly themselves Mm -hmm. on content the whole time. Do you think that with kind of funny you felt more like like the best friend monster that's what they started you felt yeah. more of a friend versus like watching a company or in a, in a face on a screen essentially yeah yeah for sure uh for sure being those personalities and it really like it i think for many it started with just greg and colin um mm. and it was it wasn't like listening to the content i started to to enjoy tim and nick but it wasn't till the first meet and greet that I ever went to uh where i spent like most of the time talking to tim uh, and then since then, like Tim recognizing me and talking to me at, at later meet and greets that like, I was like, Oh, I love these guys. I love these guys too. I love everybody. Yeah. Kind of funny. Um, so yeah, it, it being those personalities, yeah, is what makes it so special and like has that connection. Uh, IGN, you know, like it, it, I think it feels like a company now more than ever, probably just cause I'm not as tuned in to it mm-hmm. as I used to be in those days. But yeah, in those days, like they were just constantly pushing the personalities and it, it did feel it did you, you did have that connection but i don't know kind of funny just took it to a, a whole nother level for me well and it's easier and it's smaller and it's more intimate so yeah makes sense. exactly so have you been a pretty active part of the community since day one or no not at like all a, the okay yeah uh like even you know 
every now and then I'll write in like with a question for the kind of funny podcast. And, and I say every now and then that's like within the last two years, every now and then uh, mm-hmm. in the early days, it was still very similar to IGN days where I just, I just listen. Sometimes right. I would watch uh, and I wouldn't engage with anybody online. I would go to meet and greets and stuff like that, but it was more about uh, meeting than than greeting. I don't know. Uh, greeting well, yeah, than meeting. It was personalities and kind of exactly. seeing the community, essentially. Yeah, I was trying to say something cheeky instead of saying <laughs> what, a, what I was actually trying to say, which, yeah, I wasn't interacting with, like, other members of the community as much as I was just there for, like, the, sh- the live show portion mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. Um, so, so yeah, I wasn't super active until I would say this January. And even then, like, I'm still kind of easing into it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never been one to communicate much on social media, but the more that I interact with the best friends, the more I get into it. And I'm just like, why wasn't I always doing this? I totally understand. What do you think it is about the best friend community that that kind of was able to have that positive impact on you? It's the positive. It's the positivity of the best friend community. I mean, it's the it's the greatest <laughs> online community in the world. I'm I'm sure there's others, but we don't know them. We don't we don't know them out there. Uh, but you we know, like, them so much to see. yeah, exactly. Uh, like <laughs> anywhere you go, and it's such a strange addiction that at least I have, but I know other people too, like looking at comment sections when you know they're going to be toxic. Yeah. Uh, the, the worst is like anything sports related. Like I love sports and like Bleacher Report, especially now, like when there's not actual sports going on, like, you know, they're just talking about anything. And every time I'm just like, I'm going to see the comments and the comments are always just such awful, like toxic, hateful bullshit. And with kind of funny, you you never get that. Like every now and then, there's like a YouTube comment, but like when it comes to uh, the community, you know, being forthright, like Twitter, you you see who they are, you know who they are. They're interacting mm-hmm. with people. Like it's it's always positive. It's always love, and I think that's what what makes it so special and why it's impacted me that way. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so what was it about then January specifically that, that you were like, you know what, I'm going to make it. Was it the up and comer opportunity or were you like, now is the time where I'm going to get off my ass and, it, and act? Yeah, it, it was the, it was the up and comer opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, I just kind of saw it as an opportunity for me personally to kind of, you know, uh, put myself out there in the community more and just kind of mm-hmm. enjoy, uh, enjoy interacting with the community uh, cause you know, it, there's nothing wrong with being a lurker. Like I was that for so many years and I'm that with other communities too. Like kind of fun is the only one that I've been active in, but like just listening to people like having their questions read on shows and stuff like that. And like screen names being recognized. I was like, I was like, I kind of want that. Like I, like I yeah. love everything kind of funny so much that I want to be recognized, uh, mm-hmm. Well, I like, I don't know. I, I want to be kind of seen. I want to be known for loving it. And yeah, I get you. Like, it's, it's such a big part of your life. You want other people to know how how big a part of it is. Exactly. It was constantly a thing of like, I don't want to tweet at uh, <laughs> kind of funny because then this friend will see it and they'll be like, what's kind of funny? And then I have to explain what kind of funny it. And it, right. it's just such like a dumb, weird, like head space thing that I, I was into I was like I need to break out of that like I need to 
you know, show off my love for this thing and be a bigger part of it. So how, how do you think it's changed since January? Like, I know you've made a lot of stuff. I know you're, you're under the producer tier for Patreon for, for the, is it for kind of funny podcast? Yes. Yeah. And I was up until uh, recent circumstances, financial circumstances, Understood. but yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but it's, it's just snowballed since then. It really has, uh, you know, everything I kind of put out there, like the, the love you get from it and not even just the love, but the communication you get from it was just, mm. you know, it just, it was just so good. It was just so sweet and so nasty that, <laughs> you know, you just get addicted to it. You just get addicted to talking to this community yeah. and interacting with other members. And so, yeah, and, and it's gone like a lot more, it's gotten a lot deeper than that too. Like knowing you, uh, talking to you, talking to Kyle, uh, the kind of funny Atlanta uh, group, uh, knowing like Gino, Spencer and all those guys, like mm -hmm. every person I meet or become closer to, it's, it's, it's just gotten so much better. And it's just, you know, lighten my heart in in such a way that I just, you know, it's just, it just makes it all worth it. So where do you see kind of the interaction going from here? Like, are you going to, I don't know with your job, do you want to start watching the shows live or just kind of being more vocal on Twitter and things like that? Yeah, I, I, d I definitely want to start being more vocal on Twitter. Um, and, and I'm doing that. I, it, it's such a weird thing. Like I go back to, I think like even two years ago and I used mm. to tweet like kind of consistently, like it was, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I was tweeting about. And then I remember in high school, I used to tweet all the time. Like I would tweet like, every joke I ever thought of and it would get like two likes and I'd be like, man, I'm so funny. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, but yeah, eventually like I just kind of stopped tweeting at all. Like I still always use Twitter, but, and, and I say Twitter because that's my most used like social platform. I'm, I'm also sure. being more involved like on Reddit, uh, mm. through kind of funny and other, uh, subreddits too. But so now I'm, I'm a lot more active. Uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, keep ramping it up and, and talking to more people and, and getting better about it. And, you know, again, it's not like just online too. Like I was super excited when, uh, Gino started kind of funny Atlanta, uh, mm -hmm. Gino, I don't know how to say your last name. It's like V Vittori V. I think I know how to pronounce it if I have it in front of me, but I never call him by his last name or say his last name. Sure. It's just Gino. It's just a good, just a good first name. Uh, <laughs> Right, just a two-syllable, good old two-syllable name. You and me, we're one-syllable names. You know, he's not quite on our level. I mean, it's just not enough. Right, but you know. You use my full name, it's like three, Joshua. It's just Yeah, no, 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 no. the sweet spot. Right. But yeah, so in person too, like, it's just been, it's been so great. Like, you know, knowing other people who like kind of funny and like the same video games and the same movies and same stuff that I like and just hanging out with them and talking with them. Uh, so, so yeah, that interaction's increased online. It's increased in person. I, I just hope it keeps going. So have you got more, I mean, obviously we can't do meet and greets and meet right. right now, Yeah. but before the world ended, uh, what, did, did it help you become more of an active part of your like local, the Atlanta community? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I saw, so Gino started it in January and okay. so yeah, it's, it's super recent. Like he's also, he's same as me, like new to you know, being more involved. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's something because it's kind of funny 5.0, right? This is 5.0. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, 
the big focus this year was uh, kind of funny games 2.0. Right, that's 4. true. That's true. And I know that this is the fifth year, five yeah. year anniversary. So, so yeah, the fifth year. There's just something special and magic about the fifth year. I think it's just, you know, despite everything that's going on in the world, it's they're really just kind of killing it, and sure. yeah, and just sparking something like in in the community right now. Um, mm-hmm. I I think like the up and comer opportunities a great example of that because like i mean just look at all the people that are on your show like this is it's it's insane like what this community is doing right now um and so so yeah so gino had again like such another long tangent josh you gotta cut me off Uh, this is what this is all about you're on a roll and we're all here listening to what you got to say that's what the that's what this episode is about it's it's, your name is on it for a very specific reason (laughs) It, this episode can just be the the Josh Josh Biddick episode. <laughs> you should put your sure. name on it. Uh, so so yeah. In in January, Gino had just started it. We he hadn't had a first meet and greet yet. So so yeah, mm-hmm. that first one, like I talked to him and like we kind of coordinated and and talked to other you know people who we know in Atlanta who were you know on Twitter who were who were fans and and yeah. So we've only done two of them. But they were they were great, and the second one unfortunately was like right before all this went down, so it wasn't even as big as the first one, which wasn't yeah. that big. But you know, still like it was, it's such a, a fun time, like getting to know and like hanging out with these people. That we definitely want to continue it uh, once things mm-hmm. are better, um, and definitely just loved it and had a blast. Uh, and now awesome. we, we still get to interact with those people, you know, on Twitter and on Instagram and everything mm-hmm. because of those first meetups. So Matt, we've talked about uh, you personally. We've talked about your love of kind of funny. Now let's kind of get into the nitty gritty of the up and comer opportunity. Let's do it. Uh, you yourself did a pitch video. Do you want to kind of touch on some of that and what you were talking about there? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a pitch video uh, just because that was kind of my thing of coming out of the gate and being more involved and like talking to people more because I was like, I can't just start, you know, commenting and talking to people for like the next three months and then just bring it on. By the way, I'm running for up and comer. I was like, no, I want to, you know. I, I want to go ahead and put my name out there for this. And, and then I'll talk to people and, and get more involved like I, I want to. Um, so, yeah, I, I put this video together. Uh, I used uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's. Uh, Dude, and you did it pretty well. I used his, his entrance video and his entrance song. And then I just kind of, yeah, put my entrance own voice. Yes. Yeah. He actually, that was him. Uh, actually, no, I think I admit that it something was wrong with my book. Yeah, back from the grave. It, I actually edited this is you know into the details how great I am at editing. I used his voice clips from Spider-Man One, chopped it all the way up uh, for him to Mixed to say my name's exactly. Matt Batson. Yeah, you made some me time. <laughs> um, so yeah, in that I just kind of detail. Uh, I've been a fan since day one, which we talked about. Uh, I'm an editor, you know, dude with Atlanta Eats, so I I have the skills now to to be an up-and-comer considered an up-and-comer by some and uh wanted to get more involved in the community and you know it was a really fun thing to work on totally like nerve-wracking too for whatever reason i think it was just nerve-wracking because i was in our vo booth at work uh at like 8 30 which i think they put tickets on like they give people tickets if their car is there yeah later and then at the same time like the cleaning guy is like coming in and okay. I'm like, oh, I, I, got, I just got to do this. I got to record this. Um, so that's what it was very nerve wracking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I put that together, uh, edited it to kind of 
show off a little bit of my editing. Uh, and then I don't think I detailed anything I wanted to do because at that point, like, we hadn't really been filled in on what all the up-and-comer stuff was going to be. I just knew that I wanted to have a campaign and that my campaign was going to be, I got these three big ideas uh, that are, you know, these community-made videos, and I'm going to share them with the community. And if you guys like them, then maybe you think I'm worthy of up-and-comer, maybe not, but I hope you like them either way. You know, how are those three projects coming along? Because one's come out so far, correct? Right, so... And I also know that with the world changing a bit, it, it becomes harder to do. Oh, for sure. For sure. So so the first one came out the next day. I had them. I was editing them at the same time. Uh, they were both like month long. Well, in together, I guess they're both two week processes, if you want to slice it this way. It took a month to make yeah. both videos. Um, the second one was a fake trailer for a boy orgy documentary. Uh, so that aired the next day. That was the first project. And that's always what I had intended to be the first project. It was something that I had like a project file for it like a year before that, where I was like, this would be a funny idea. I actually wanted to make the documentary. I wanted to make like a 20 minute thing, um, <laughs> which would have been like crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would, have been, it would have been an intense project. It could still be an intense project. Right. Yeah. That, and again, that's something that like, I mean, maybe we can get into that later, but that's something that like, those types of projects, like an actual documentary, is something that I would want to bring to a week. That kind of funny. Anyways, uh, the second project uh, we're, we are working on, and if uh, if everything goes as planned, will be out by the end of the month. Uh, it is a podcast retelling or retelling of a podcast, similar to like uh, what Kyle Federnu is doing with the kind of funny animated stuff. Uh, it is not animated, though. So we're taking the Grabbler story. We're retelling it with the visualization of the actual Grabbler uh, with his contortionist uh, kidnapping bankers and all that fun stuff. Um, it's something that we've been working on since January. Uh, it has been great up until, <laughs> you know, uh, what's been going on in the world, but we're still we're still making do. Um, it's been a super fun project because I've also reached out to a bunch of other members of the community, other people who've been on your podcast, uh, yeah. and they're in the video too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to make, and that one should be out at the end of the month. It should, it should. I really hope it should. The third video was going to be the biggest. Uh, budget, biggest crew, <laughs> uh, all that good stuff. Obviously, that's delayed. Um, I do kind of want to make a video explaining what it would be because I think people would love it. Um, and okay. it's definitely something that, like, if I were be if I were to be lucky to be the up and comer, this is something I would totally love to make with kind of funny. And it is similar idea, fake trailer but it would be a Johnny Ace movie, a Johnny Ace action movie. Um, and and so, yeah, it would, it would just be like an homage to, of course, the Ace Man and uh, to the great action movies of all time. And and yeah, like I said, I had I have a script for it. I the, the Johnny Ace costume is still sitting in my Amazon cart. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever it's needed it'll be there yeah and i and i had a crew picked out for it i hadn't reached out to there were again this would unfortunately wouldn't have been something i could have worked with uh 
like with a lot of people remotely for it, but like I was going to work with a lot of the local kind of funny Atlanta community and have them, uh, you know, starring in this project and stuff. It, it would have been a lot of fun. It could still be a lot of fun. Like even if I'm not up and comer, I really want to make this project. Uh, so mm-hmm. hopefully when things are better, I can get the ball rolling on that. So right now it's looking like it's just those two projects, which is not what I promised, but I also didn't promise that I was going to be making a lot of smaller side videos. Right. And I've been doing that. So hopefully, you know, that makes up for it. Um, well, so everything is subject to change. What'd you say? Everything is always subject to change. Yeah. You know I mean? exactly. kind of funny themselves ebb and flow as, as the days progress and, and no one assumed that this, no one, no one would have known that the COVID thing would have happened. Right. And you know, we're all kind of rolling with it. Yeah. And it, like you said, everything's subject to change. I put it out there, you know, on, on variety, you know, they announced production of, of uh, Johnny Ace was going to be delayed. But, you know, you just kind of got buried in, you know, Black Widow being Obviously. delayed, Fast and Furious. So but... many delayed games, things were canceled, yeah, and, like, yeah, Last sure. of Us 2 exactly. is in, uh, delayed, indefinitely. and that just kind of unfortunately overshadowed the Ace Man's movie. Yeah, exactly. But but still, I'm really excited about the, the Grabber project. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to come out at the end yeah. of the month. And, you know, hopefully, like, that project and Boy Orgy and all the other stuff is a, is a, is a, a fat enough portfolio to be really proud of when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Well, if anything, do you think that this, this has been a big motivator for you just to kind of create that content you'd always wanted to make for kind of funny? I, I think so for sure. Are you saying the current circumstances or the up and comer opportunity? Yes. Like I know you, you wanted to do it for the up and comer opportunity, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like you have so many ideas and they seem so fantastic. Do you think that's going to cr- continue on after the opportunity, whether you get it or not? I, I think so for sure. Like, Cause yeah, exactly like you said, and like I was saying, the boy orgy thing was an idea I had before the up and cover opportunity. Like I, I have a lot of other ideas of of things that I I want to do that are you know these bigger projects and a little mm-hmm. bit more ambitious. Um, but yeah, like these are still things that I want to do, and I think what I've achieved with the videos I've made so far is like a good. It proves that to myself that I can make those those bigger projects. Uh, you know, whether they're down the line or they're a month from now. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. So, so obviously you, you have a whole lot you want to do. I know, I think it seems like you'd make the most out of your time there when you're working with all the different ideas you have, especially getting to be there with the guys mm-hmm. that would definitely help lay the groundwork. Yeah, if yeah. not film the Johnny Ace movie, Yeah, it would, uh, whenever that, however that looks. Right. <laughs> like I, I've thought about it. And if, if I was to be the up and comer, like it would be, I would do a lot of planning before I go in because it would be like, mm-hmm. how many days can I get with Nick to be, <laughs> to be Johnny Ace and like this and that, right. like not just, you, you know, you mean how many days can you get Johnny Ace to come from Malta? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, I was, I was saying Nick cause Nick would be the stand in for Johnny Ace. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. Cause yeah. they look so much they, alike. They look alike. I think Nick's shorter than Johnny Ace. Um, Johnny Ace is so tall. Yeah, he's so tall, but you know, I think they they look close enough that that yeah, he would be a good stand-in for for the Ace Man. Uh, so so yeah, it would it would be a lot of planning and and yeah, like I would I would have to make a lot of that week to to do the stuff that I want to do. So with that week, is there something because you've got a lot of you got a lot of know-how and the knowledge of uh, editing and camera work and, and mm. the production side, you've got right. down pretty pat. 
is there something or someone you'd really want to kind of shadow during your up and comer week to really get a whole lot of experience from? Yes, for sure. So, so I do, you know, I have this production background. I work in production, have no knowledge and do nothing with live production. So I would want to spend most of my time with big Kev dog, uh, with Barrett, with cool Greg, uh, learning to run the boards, uh, you know, running a, a live Twitch show. Uh, I think that's where most of my focus would be. Um, I would love to, you know, like co-host something and just kind of, you know, get better at that. I do that with like Lunch Wars, but I wouldn't, I don't, I'm definitely not running as a host because there's so many great hosts out there that I'm like, ah, that's not me. I'm not one of those guys. But, but yeah, so I think that's something too, where I could, you know, just being there with the co-hosts, like, like any of them that they have it kind of funny, like getting a better feel for that chemistry would obviously be something cool to learn too. But, but yeah, I think the main thing would be, uh, would be live production. It'd be running the boards. It'd be me, big Kev dog in the trenches with our long flowing hair, or if his hair got cut because Paula's mad at him or whatever's going on, uh, we'd be there. Whatever his hair situation. Exactly. I, I would be driving the, the garbage truck on fire. I'd be the one, you know, tripping, over some cords and setting it on fire right or stomping on the ground and and you know ending the live stream yeah i would want that's that's actually the specific thing i need to learn how to do is how to where to stomp to shut the whole studio yeah exactly yeah the phones are kind of moment just tap tap and yep turn it all off <laughs> exactly well, Matt, I think we have been able to learn a whole lot about you from your professional career, personally, uh, your ties to Kind of Funny. It's been fantastic getting to sit down and talk with you, hearing about all your projects. Uh, is there anything you kind of want to like tell the best friends that you really want to sell yourself on before we head out? Um, you know, selling myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you just follow follow me on Twitter at Matt, Matt S Batson. Um, and you'll kind of see an idea of of what I want to do with the up and comer project. It's you know it's it's more uh, dumb internet videos that you don't always get from kind of funny uh, that you can still appreciate about them. Like it's it's capitalizing on inside jokes, uh, making new jokes, uh, you know, just just all that kind of stuff and doing it in like a, a fun, different way. Just make it make it more sweet, nasty. Make it more share. sweet. Make it more nasty. About fifty fifty ratio there. Uh, Appropriate to make. Yeah, exactly. Little KF, little AF, uh, <laughs> and all that good stuff. There you go, man. Maybe a little little nutter butters along the yeah, way. Yeah, some nutter butters along the way if we're feeling hungry. Peanut yeah, M Ms too, of course. There you go. All the way, yeah. Pe- Team Peanut. I, I'm proud. I was, I was listening you. to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kyle, no. Roger. No, you need Peanut M Ms, Kyle. What'd you say? So I'm glad you're on the right side yeah, of the, the, the right M&M side of history. It's just it's ridiculous. We're People will look back and be like, "What, what were they thinking?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, especially in this crazy quarantine world, sitting down with me, letting me talk to you, talking to the best friends out there, getting to know you a little bit better, and sharing all your wonderful experiences. Uh, that has been another episode of the Kind of Funny Up and Comer podcast. If you or anyone you know is running to be up and comer, please let me know. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Josh Biddick, or you can shoot me an email, just Josh at joshbiddick.com. We'll get you on the calendar, get you having an episode up and running so it comes out on Sunday at 12. And that is all I have for you this week. As always, have fun, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.